Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another episode of the Self Build Plus podcast, where we chat with self-builders, suppliers, and experts about all things home building and renovating in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Matson, your host and the editor of Self Build Magazine. This episode, Brian Corey of Self Build Plus continues his overview of building systems available in Ireland today. Apologies in advance for some of the sound quality. We've got a great lineup for you today. The three systems we'll be looking at are insulated concrete formwork, and we'll have Jonathan Ballantyne of Ballantyne Building Systems. We're also looking at structural integrated uh, insulated panel systems and Noel Murphy from Future Tech will be taking us through that system. And then finally, we have Ronan McDermott of Hemp Build and one of the uh, fascinating uh, new sort of building systems that have come on the scene in the last little while, but also something that is actually uh, very traditional as well in some respects. But without further ado, um, let me first uh, introduce uh, Jonathan Ballantyne of Ballantyne Building Solutions. Good evening, Jonathan. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Yes, thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming along. And um, I guess um, ICF, uh, Insulated Concrete Formwork, is uh, well, yeah. otherwise known as, as ICF. Um, something that um, I probably I first came across maybe 10 to 15 years ago. Um, but now, you know, it's it's quite common to see sales builders choose choose ICF, and um, it'd be really interesting to explore what the reasons of that are. So, do you want to take us through what ICF is? So, as the name suggests, so it's a it's a formwork which is insulated, so it's and it's a permanent formwork for concrete. Um, 
which is generally speaking reinforced with rebar. So it's a reinforced concrete building, which is insulated on the inside and outside. Um, so the, the blocks, which is uh, the white parts on either side of the picture there, yeah. they come they come on four foot by one foot high and they, they're assembled like Lego on site and braced up. And once we have all the rebar that we re, that the structural engineer asked for, once it's all in place and the walls are assembled, um, a concrete pump truck will come and fill it up and uh, you're left in with a solid monolithic concrete structure, um, which has all these benefits that are mentioned here, you know, like super insulation, the structural integrity and the concrete and steel. So um, the wee furring strips number three there, that's so you can fix your plasterboards or, or other finishes on the outside, maybe if you're going to clad it with timber or... Okay, so they, they act yeah. like if uh, timber studs exactly. in a timber frame? Yes, yes, just like that. Um, so this is takes care of all six of these steps. You know, you get your structure, your insulation, your studs, vapor barrier, air barrier, and the exterior and interior sheathing. If you were building a, a true timber frame building, you know, with a, with structural sheathing on the outside. So it takes takes care of all these things in one one step. And uh, the and what is the material of that white? Is that um, polystyrene or, or what is it? For Integraspec and Anne, most of the brands that are out there, they're um, expanded polystyrene. It's, it's, it's what the farm workers generally made out of. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the, 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 the shape, can you pretty much make any shape with this? Pretty much. Um, yeah, we've done... Yeah, yeah, it's a seriously versatile system. So you can build, we, we can build really wide, thick concrete walls or, th or thinner, because our webs come in four, five, six, eight, 10, 12, and, or sorry, eight, 10 and 12 inch wide. Now you very rarely would need those. Generally we'll only work with the eight inch, with the X, with an additional bit of insulation, which is required for Southern Ireland. Okay. And, that, and that gives you a, a six inch concrete core. Um, with four and a half inches of insulation on the outside and a length of two and a half on the inside, giving a U value of slightly less than 0.18. Okay. And in, in terms of the, the substructure and, and the floor, any special foundations or anything like that? I mean, what's it like weight-wise? Well, ICF generally probably is going to be slightly less weight than a traditional cavity concrete block wall. Um, not much, but a little bit lighter. Um, so the the structure, the substructure is pretty standard. It's not doesn't have to be anything different. Although a lot of people now are looking towards the insulated brass systems as a as a, a foundation system. Doesn't have to be that. As I say, generally we're working off traditional um, footings up to subfloor level, and then we would go from there. Sometimes. We will use the ICF to build the footings as well. Okay, and, and that presumably is to help with any um, thermal bridging um, to yeah. prevent that. And That's right. and what about things like um, 
the so you know speed of build and that that sort of thing how long does it take to build a a two-story up to rafters level well <clears throat> the if we, if we take if we take it from subfloor level um it'll usually take us between uh, six or seven working days to build the first level and pour that to bring it up to floor height. And then most of the properties that we build have concrete floors. They don't have to, you can put wooden floors in as well or, um, or even a, a poured concrete floor as well. But most of them have precast concrete slabs. So there's generally, there'll be some internal walls that are required to be built. Um, sometimes we would use uh, the aerated concrete blocks to build those walls, so again, they kill the coal bridge coming through the foundation, possibly. Mm -hmm. And then the slabs are set on. And then another six or seven days to get it up to wall plate level. So if things are well organized and well planned, I suppose you could say from subfloor to wall plate, four weeks, maybe, maybe a little bit longer, but you know, if, if we plan and organize things, we can get it up in for about four weeks. Okay. And in terms of the, um, uh, a self-builder, uh, you, what, what are they left to organize? Um, and presumably uh, you take control of this aspect for quality control purposes? Yes, we, we, we have our own, our own installation teams and we also train other folks to install it. Um, we have trained a number of, of guys in Donegal already. We're, none of whom have actually started to build with Integraspec just yet. That was at the end of January. We had a training course and we're hoping to run another training course uh, probably towards the end of March. Um, so we train the, the guys and then before we let them loose, we will also supervise them on site to ensure that they're doing it right and we'll for example, today I was on a site in Lisburn doing a pre-pour inspection. So the guy, we had just supplied the product to Macmillan Construction. Their own guys built it. And then I came in and had a, a really good look around the product, the walls, just to make sure everything was right. Because they're pouring it on Monday, so I wanted to make sure that they don't have any issues when, when it comes to pouring. And... Um, Whenever it comes to then the sales builder, do they then have to organize then whatever cladding or exterior leaf? And what do people commonly do when it comes to that exterior finish? The, the most common exterior finish is a, an acrylic or silicone render system, which is applied directly to your ICF. Um, other finishes can be wood cladding, uh, large or cedar um you can use stone um natural stone or practically any finish the only the only limitation is the, the sand and cement is not flexible enough to be applied to the icf um it doesn't really have enough ad adhesion either so it'll, it'll would eventually fall off so we would stick to the the approved render systems, um, of which there are many. But, yep. uh, yeah. And 
in terms of costs, um, then is there a, a bit of a premium? Is this a premium product? Is it um, whenever you compare the cost of build to something like tra traditional uh, build? Now, I think it's important also to factor in that, that you know you you said it's sort of four or five weeks to wall plate level, and to achieve that with a traditional build would take a lot lot longer uh, <laughs> and also you've got to factor in lots of other things your drying times and and all yeah. sorts of things weather um so yeah taking that into consideration what generally is the is is sort of the, the cost comparison between uh, icf and traditional build well we're finding at the minute especially in southern ireland where we have to achieve a u-value of 0.18 for better but icf is probably as competitive a system at the minute as any system to, to achieve those. We used to tell people it was five to 10% more expensive on your total build cost for the ICF, but with the way materials have gone through the roof now, obviously our concrete has crept up a bit as well, so that has affected us, but not as much. Certainly our ICF system up until now, at least, has been stable cost-wise. So I'm hoping that that will continue for a little while longer, at least. But I think our system would be currently, to meet the building rigs in Southern Ireland, is probably one of the most competitive ways of building. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of um, some of the other sort of things there, I see things like the um, air tightness and achieving that, you you know, because obviously that's a big factor yeah. in the in in the building reg regulations in in the republic. What um how how does that achieved with the system? Well, ICF is inherently the walls are inherently water or sorry airtight. Um, so to achieve the airtightness, the builder or the self builder, all they need to do then is look after the junctions around the openings, windows and doors. Mm -hmm. and also the junction between the, the walls and the roof. So it's actually really relatively easy to achieve very good air tightness values with ICF, as I say, because the wall itself is inherently airtight. And uh, one, just want to point out, one of the very key advantages of ICF is that the, the insulation is continuous right around the building. There's no room for gaps or or cold spots, because if if there were a cold spot when we came to pour the concrete, it wouldn't stay in the formwork. So again, by design, it's, it kills all the cold bridges that would maybe be associated with traditional build. And whenever um, we're, we're looking at the, um, uh, yeah, that on-site side of things, and um, are there any sort of things that, that people need to be, you know, wary of? Because obviously, um, you know, Integrate is is one supplier. Um, yes. You know, presumably taking care when the pouring to avoid any sort of, you know, blowouts and that sort of thing is is important. That's presumably experience as well as anything else. Yeah, experience. Um, uh, we yeah, probably pretty much. We we've been doing it since two thousand and four, so there's not much that we haven't seen uh, occur. But we find now that we very, very rarely will have an issue when it comes to pouring, I guess, because we, we've done it so often and we know if there is a, a weak spot, we know what to look for. 
and then we can deal with it before before the concrete. Um, so I'm not saying that there, there won't be a blowout, but sometimes people are very wary of a blowout, but it's, it is actually not that big a deal. It's relatively easy to sort out on site at the time. And long, long term, what about uh, looking after the the building and things? What about, I mean, is there some things that people need to be doing every year maintenance wise or or what's, you know, lifespan wise? What are we looking at? Well, 120 plus years. Um, the Expanded polystyrene doesn't degrade over time. The only thing that'll degrade the polystyrene is uh, the ultraviolet light. But once it's rendered or clad, obviously it's protected from the ultraviolet light. So it'll never degrade. And again, you've got a solid reinforced concrete structure, which has a, a lifespan of hundreds of years. I know we're, we're on a mica pyrite. Um, broadcast here and folks built their houses with concrete blocks because they thought they were going to last forever as well. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. But with our concrete, first of all, it's 35 Newton, generally speaking, compared to a 7 Newton or a 5 Newton concrete block. Um, and it's, when we, well, certainly when we place it, we vibrate the concrete as well to make sure there's no air trapped in it. And we also ensure that it comes from a, a, a reputable source without any any evidence of pyrite or or mica in the in the in the, the aggregates. Yeah, that's important. Well, that's that's been very uh, useful, I think, Jonathan. I mean, is there okay. anything? Are, are there any sort of common questions that come up um, from folks whenever you're 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 at the self build show? Is there anything else? Um, it's commonly asked of ICF that, that we haven't covered so far tonight? Um, I suppose the energy efficiency of the, of the, of the finished building is a, is a big part of why you would build with ICF because it's so well insulated and because of the air tightness. And another advantage that maybe not appreciated as much in, in some places is the, uh, is the sound of qualities of it so it's it's very good from a from a sound, yeah. sound point of view um so we find that folks who our customers feel that the houses are very very comfortable and a really nice environment to live in and presumably low cost for heating and, and that side of things yes yes indeed sorry yes um one of my customers at, i think it's about six pound per week to run the whole house and that's a two and a half thousand square foot house yeah well i guess whenever people's gas and oil bills are yeah he heading through through the roof um yes it's a bit of a di it's a different matter if your if your energy bill goes from six pounds to 12 pounds or six euros yeah. 12 euros opposed to um you know 500 to a thousand um it's a quite a quite a difference but that's been very um interesting jonathan thank you very much for that and, you. and your website if people want to um find a little bit more information oh uh okay that's great well thank right. you very much Jonathan. take care all right bye bye <laughs> so thank you very much jonathan we'll next be joining noel murphy 
of uh, Future Tech. So good evening, Noel. How are you? Hello, Brian. Hello, everybody. Um, uh, very well. Thank you very much. Hope everybody's had their tea at this stage and, and able to relax and, and tune in. Absolutely. Um, uh, yes. And that was uh, so we go from a, 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 an ICF um, concrete system um, to one of um, of, of wood and uh, and an insulation, so um, quite a quite a contrast. Um, but actually, um, both systems would claim very high energy efficiency. Uh, SIPs can, can is a bit of a mouthful, and I, um, yeah. whenever people uh, come across it, it's it's maybe not one that rolls off the tongue just the easiest. But it, it's essentially it's a structural insulated panel system. Um, and it's a at its core, it's it's a it's a sandwich system um, with uh, insulation at the in, in the middle, um, sandwiched by um, OSB either side. An example of how you can build a house using SIPs. So, as you've said, it's structural insulated panels. We actually call it tech panels because we use the Kingspan tech panel, right? So essentially, they're using. Um, as you've described, it's a sandwich board. Both sides are OSB, and the whole entire center is uh, high-grade insulation. So very much from the outside to the inside, uh, it's it's highly insulated. And the reason that um, we work with Kingspan is this is a very popular system in the UK, but it's never really been promoted that much here in Ireland. Uh, it's never really been driven because Kingspan they won't, won't sell that to any I mean, you can't go to kingspan and say can i buy a lorry truckload of your your pa your sips panels they'll only sell it to a, to a delivery party partner like ourselves so you would come along for example and say well i've got my house i've got planning interested in using your system and then we would have to design it for the system do uh, a series of panel and engineering drawings so essentially if, if you take a look at that house there could be a hundred or so panels in that or, or maybe more or maybe less. Uh, and then we bring it to site and we, we construct it for you as well. Um, the tech panel, but it is a type of a structural insulated panel. And because it's Kingspan as well that we use, it's pretty much top of the range as well. They're, they're, they're pretty strong. And tell me, um, you know, a lot of folk who might already have their plans drawn and they want the rooms, the size there. Um, Whenever you, whenever they come to you with their house plans, do you ever need to adjust them, or can you pretty much accommodate whatever they have designed? We can pretty much accommodate whatever they have designed, um, and we just, yeah, the, the system is very versatile. So, in the same way that people are quite familiar with sending their plans to a timber framers, they can send the same to to us as well, and we we just make the system fit whatever you have. Now, if you've got, I mean, at the moment we're, we're, we're doing a house which is uh, very much a, a Miami style house with large overs and, and uh, tall windows. So sometimes we might need to integrate some steel or some glue lamp beams in to, as part of the structure. So that just goes, incorporates along with the SIP panels themselves. But what other thing about the SIPs panels is, so the wall panels and the roof panels are exactly the same thing. So the roof panels are just the wall panel just turned on its side. So the whole envelope, it was all made out of exactly the same product. Uh, and it's very, very clean. There's a lot of carpentry goes into it. Anybody who's worked with timber frame or carpentry 
actually love working on this. Now we have our own teams, but a bit like Jonathan was saying there, it's very easy to train uh, teams into it. Let's say building teams who already have timber frame experience can actually turn their hand to this very, very quickly because okay. it's, it's pure carpentry. And uh, so from the time that somebody would submit their plans to you and, and for you then to, uh, presumably this is all then done up in a, in a CAD sort of system that, that then in the factory produces the panels specifically for your house. Um, yeah. And then whenever it comes to site, um, I mean, uh, presumably this is quite a, a relatively light structure that, you know, in comparison to obviously block or, or that or precast concrete. It is quite lightweight. It is quite lightweight, but it's, uh, it's very, very structural and it's very, very strong. Uh, and also um, the OSB that's being used as well is, is quite hefty. Um, and, and just as well, before I forget, uh, as well as having the high levels of insulation, you've got so much insulation, you don't have studs. You don't, you, you don't have studs every 400 or 600 centers. It's also airtight because when you click the different panels together and if you put a tape, airtight tape or some foam at the joint, it's completely airtight. But it does go up quite quickly. So once the um, uh, truckload of panels arrive on site, it's really uh, a systematic, uh, you know, Lego design to, to put together. Um, what I do find is that usually the site work and, and possibly some of the other contributors will find the same thing. Getting onto site and building it on site is the, the fastest part. The preparation is all before that. It's the communication. It's the preparation. It's getting the drawings right and getting everybody to sign them off. Um, sometimes we're waiting on the client to make up their mind about things. But once they do and everything is signed off, it can happen quite quickly. Now, there is a period of time we've got to design the actual panels. And then Kingspan are going to cut all of the panels into those exact sizes. All of those will come on a truck with a number on them. It goes up quite quickly. But once it's up, and if you've ordered your windows to come along the following day or the following week, then all of the inside trades can start. All of the external trades can start, such as cladding or block work or whatever you're using. Uh, the roofing can start. The, the, the first fix can start on the inside. So that, that also is a fast track because all of the inside trades and the external trades can, can carry on at a faster pace. And um, presumably foundation-wise, nothing special there. Um, doesn't have, you know, just normal substructure. Not normal, yeah. And it actually, as you've said yourself, it's, it's actually lighter than normal. So, um, it, I mean, it, typically people will not put in the standard type foundations anyway, but you could possibly reduce them if you wanted to go to the trouble of doing that. There are, well, I'm not here to pr promote other systems, but there are insulated uh, foundation systems that Kingspan do. So you could have insulated foundations and insulated walls and insulated roof. But um, if you're going the normal process, you'd probably have a main contractor on site. They would uh, bring it up into concrete floor level and then we take it from there. So uh, we do the envelope above that, whether it's single story, two story or whatever it might be. And uh, does it require a crane or... Um generally, or do you use a telehandler or something like that? Um, typically, yeah, um, a teleporter would actually do a lot, would actually do a lot because it's quite lightweight. Um, now, some of the roof panels could be a little more cumbersome, but typically um, it would be scaffolded the way that a normal construction would be. But I've just been on site today myself in Limerick, 
I raced back for this, especially Brian, I'll have you know, <laughs> but, but um, um, we're, we're doing, it's a very, very tight site behind um, a thatched cottage. It's actually a, a thousand square foot um, extension, very modern extension to a very old building. So it's, it's very, very interesting one, but we've just had to work within very tight confines. But the advantage of tech in that is that the panels are actually small. We don't, we don't put massive panels together. We bring in the small panels so a couple of guys can handle them into the site and, and put them off, up quite safely. So um, there's some advantages to the system if you've got a very small site. And sometimes um, we've done a few in Dublin as well where we've had to go down back laneways to get all of the panels in because there's yeah. just no, no access from the front. So it works quite well there. Um, or if you have a bigger site, obviously, so much the better. We can take all of the panels in in the one go and, and, and load them there. But pretty much the same concepts uh, for construction as you would see with standard timber frame construction. And that's something most people are familiar with. And tell me um, the uh, finishing of both the internal and exterior. How do people normally tackle that? And what do they usually go for? And what are the well, options available? All right. Well, first of all, we cover it in a breather paper. And then internally, you will run uh, a batten, and that will be a service void. And on the batten, you'll put your plasterboard, right? So behind the plasterboard will be um, your, your wiring, all your first fix, uh, and your services are there. Um, on the external, you can, uh, similar again to timber frame, you could build a block or brick leaf on the outside with just a 50 mil cavity. Or you can use any type of cladding. Uh, you could use a render board, but you would put a double batten on the outside, uh, then use uh, some sort of a, a recommended render board, and you can render or, or cedar cladding or zinc facing or whatever. Any lightweight um, system can fit onto the tech as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, and um, looking at the first floor, uh, what is the first floor normally made of? Um, it do you use joists or is it more panels or how how's it done? No, we typically would use joists because the, the tech panels themselves wouldn't have that stability for a floor. Um, now, actually in the UK, what Kingspan have told me and it hasn't been done here yet is they're actually able to put a concrete floor on this. And that just shows you the, the ability of the uh, structural panels. That's why they call it structural insulated panels. They, they actually have uh, a lot of strength in them. Hasn't been done here, but typically we'd use open web joists or, or standard joists. But I think um, it generally would be recommending open web joists. And then again, you can put, so those are the joists that just you know, have those gaps in them. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to run services, cables, pipes, plumbing, all, all of that within the joists. Um, so essentially we, we'd have, uh, and we, the way we operate it as well, we don't operate it out of a factory. It comes from Kingspan's factory directly to site. And then we also use for some of the other products like the breather paper and things like that, we actually bring them from a local supplier. So if you're in Donegal, for example, we might use a local supplier. To, and th this is a form of lean construction. So we keep it very tight. And then we might use a supplier of joists in your area as well. So the main body of it would be the Kingspan Tech that comes from the factory. But we would use other local trades as well so they don't have big transport costs. Uh, if there's any steel needed, we try to get it locally as well. Okay. And um, roof coverings and things, presumably just um, if somebody were to choose roof tiles or slate, does any, um, presumably that's all engineered in at the time? Yeah, it's, it's, it's engineered in. So that's part of the conversation at the start. 
Uh, very important part of all of this is communication. So generally, if you're thinking of going with the tech, we'd meet with you and your architect or your engineer or your builder, if you have all of those people in place. Um, uh, building energy assessor as well might be an important person to have there. And we discuss all of those things. What's going on the roof? It might already say on, on the planning drawings. So yes, depending on, you know, is it heavy tiles or more lightweight slates or, or a zinc roof or a copper roof? whatever it is, we take, take that into account uh, and prepare for that. So, and, and also in that, in that type of meeting, uh, we generally hammer out if there's any special detailing around the eaves or around a doorway or, for example, in, in one project, um, the, the people wanted to have an oak frame included in the building. Um, and now we didn't do the oak frame, but we worked along with the oak framers to, to merge the two together. So those types of things get discussed and then you, you get into the detailing of it. And what about cost? Um, it's the $64,000 question that everyone wishes to know. Um, how, how does it compare? Well, it costs $64,000, uh, Brian, <laughs> for whatever you want. No, uh, I think it's, it's, this, is the, this is the key question. I think Jonathan said something very interesting there. Uh, and I would nearly I would agree with them in terms of some of these modern methods. Um, to some extent, you can't afford not to go with them. Or I, I think his exact point was this was always a bit more expensive than other systems. But I remember we were building tech nursing homes using this product in tech in the early 2000s because no, who was going to spend money on a house because it was, it was more expensive at the time? But what's happened is the building regulations have come and exceeded that now. You have to be spending your money on insulation. If you build a, a regular blockhouse, you have to spend money on the insulation. Then you've got to spend money making it airtight. Then you've got to spend money cut, eliminating cold bridges. Uh, then you've got to spend money on speed. So all of those things are saving when you go into something like uh, tech here. Um, and I was just running the numbers on two of the projects we're doing at the moment. Um, one of them's working out about 35 euros per square foot for the tech frame, and it's a large house. We've done some for, I'm, I'm talking square feet now, but we could go to meters. We've done some that have gone down as low as 25 euros per square foot because it was a simple, simple building. And then uh, I've just mentioned to you another one, which is a more complex building, and the price can it can go up, right? So depending on how complex or not your project is, that will ultimately influence the costs greatly. So you can, it can double the cost of a building. But in terms of costs comparison, if you take a, a standard, and I know many people are thinking about or needing to replace a house, uh, it'll not be the same house you built originally anyway, because you have to bring it up to, to modern day standards. Of Although I think if you do build exactly the way that, um, you know, what was there, replace exactly what was there before, I, I think you only have to build it to the same standard as it was before. But if there's any changes, then yes, you do have to. All right. OK, well, that's an interesting one. But if you if you want to bring it up to the standards where you're saving money on your heating and your costs, then you're going to be bringing it up to that level. And with the tech, you can actually bring it up to passive levels as well. It will work in the passive house if you wanted to go in that direction. So certainly what you put into it, it's, it's very comparative, I would say. I, I, would have, I would probably describe it as a little bit more expensive than standard timber frame, but you're getting, you're, you're eliminating 
the coal bridges. You've got complete insulation surround because even at the joints where you've got the joints in the walls there, the joiner part is actually insulated as well. Now you will need some timber studs in it from here and there, wherever it might need it structurally, but most of it is fully insulated and fully airtight. So the savings in terms of all of those things, including the time framing as well, uh, makes it very comparative. And what, in terms of speed of build, um, we, we hadn't quite sort of done that, but typically uh, standard house, you know, maybe not you know, overly complicated. How long are you looking from standing the first wall up to driving uh, the, off site? The most complicated house we did, and it was very complicated with the roof and the oak frames and all of that, took six weeks. That would be the longest we ever did. Typically, two weeks for, for a, a, a relatively rectangular basic house um, would have it all done and dusted. And then anywhere in between for uh, a project, depending on, on the complexity. Uh, the one we're doing at the moment is about a thousand square foot. Um, ex- it's an extension, that one, and it's quite complex. It's architecturally designed with all the angles you could, you could think of. But we'll have it done in a week because it's only a thousand square feet, so it's not too big. Um, so again, depending on the project, but certainly a couple of weeks into it, it should be well underway, if not finished. And um, a question that came up before with timber frame, um, which was just about fire ratings and things like that. What, um, uh, what's the ratings in relation to the SIPs? Well, I, I think the, in, in terms of timber frame, fire ratings are provided um, by the, the plasterboarding. So that's going to give you the fire ratings that you require, same on the walls, on the ceilings. The OSB itself has a very high rating of fire resistance, but that's, that's not factored in. Fire rating in timber frame buildings comes from the plasterboarding uh, on, on the walls, and, uh, which is 15 mil plasterboarding for all of the external walls and internal walls as well, structural walls and ceiling. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's very interesting, and uh, you know, to to cover all that, it's it's a it's, it's a really fascinating um, build system, and uh, yeah, uh, as we're waiting for Storm Eunice and snow and all the rest of it, uh, it that that house as we look at it uh, look, looks pr- pretty toasty. Is there anything um, that you might want to wish to add? Are there any sort of common questions that crop up? Um, did you find yourself fielding from time to time um, about the system that um, we haven't covered? Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think I tried to mention most things there. Some people do tend to ask about, is, can, it, can it be used in a passive house? Yes, it can. Can it be used? Um, how airtight is it? It's, it's, it's completely airtight. The OSB facing of it is, is air. So the inside of it is airtight, the outside of it is airtight. You just need to joint it. So when, when we walk off the site, it's already airtight apart from you, you have to tape your windows when they come the following week. Um, so some of those are the key questions, then installation values. For me, it's mostly trying to give people an understanding of how it works. What, what is structural insulated panels? As I said, it's probably a lot more popular and understood in the UK, a lot, lot less here. It hasn't really been driven very much here, but hopefully over the next few years, uh, it will be. And I think people might see it around a lot more. Very good. Well, we've reached the end of our, our time uh, there, Noel, um, but thank you very much. And if people want to find out a little bit more um, information about it, uh, do you want to just give your website out? Yeah, yeah. it's futuretech.ie and it's tech, T-E-K. So very good. You know, all the usual www, whatever, <laughs> futuretech.ie. Well, thank you very much, Noel, and we'll say fair. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, and uh, we'll, we'll bring in uh, Ronan McDermott of Headbuild. How are you, Ronan? I'm very well, thanks. Great to be Thank here. Thank you very much for, for joining us this evening. And... Um, and hemp, um, it was something that maybe not an awful lot of folk perhaps have come across before. Uh, how did you actually uh, start out with um, with hemp building? I, I just think very crass. <laughs> um, actually, um, so I would have been into natural plastering from a young age. I grew up in a plastering family, and then from lime, got interested in cob. Kind of like the Goldilocks story, straw bale, cob, and then I found hemp, and it just was kind of the right, the right material for us. Um, I was very drawn to it, and still very, very drawn to it. Very yeah. interesting. Um, and in Ireland, um, do you describe yourself as a bit of a, a pioneer in this building system, or are there, are there a few others around? Or well, is... there is. There's some very good. Uh, I suppose the old school pioneer would be Tom Woolley. Who's a traditional Yeah, and um, a lot of I would say that a lot more people are picking up on it now in the most in more recent years. And I would notice that a lot more on internet searches. That Mm -hmm. when I first started out five years ago, it was quite difficult. Like you'd be looking at articles from maybe two thousand five, whereas now every couple of weeks your your top search is updated. You know, so a lot of a lot of momentum around the product. And and what do you think has been driving that? Is it is it health reasons or 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 what is it? Do you think? Um, I think a, a big driver is um, actually an overall uh, kind of that people are now looking at the fabric of the home differently than they would have 10, 15, 20 years ago. They're looking for way more. Like um, I remember telling people that it was going gluten free ten years ago, and nobody knew what I was talking about. Whereas, like, if people are saying they're going for a natural build, now people realize that they're going for certain products. There's a certain avenue that's already opened. So I think for that, also for its carbon negative qualities, there's a huge amount of um, kind of, uh, how can I say, you get, whether you're interested in it for one reason, you get all the benefits from it. And um like we're probably going to discuss all these benefits here, but um, there's an awful lot of um, there's a feel good factor with using hemp. Yeah. You know? Well, let's take it from from the start. On the on the face of it, whenever you first see it, you sort of see hemp blocks um, mm-hmm. 
so is, is that what it is? Is it, you know, these blocks, would that be what would it be arriving on site? And That's what arrives on site, yes. And it's a monolithic build. So the blocks are one foot by two foot and their thickness is 36 centimetres. And 36 centimetre thick block gives you 0.18 of a U value. Okay. Uh, if you want to go above 36 centimetres or 360 mil, then once you reach 450, you're at passive. And you can go up to a 600 thick wall with these, with these blocks. And it looks like there's some, um, a, a, a bit of steel reinforcing rods, is there going through there? Yeah, or? the blocks themselves are not structural. Um, they need to be supported by a structural frame. What you're looking at here is our flagship uh, system. It's called the Hemp Pro Structural System. And it's based on a concrete and steel post and beam system. So we space out a structural um, upright every two meters. And it's about six to eight inches in diameter. And this it acts as a permanent shutter. And then this catches into a ring beam which uh, creates a monolithic build and the concrete and steel is hidden inside your hemp structure. Um, in the end, the concrete and steel make up approximately 7% of your structure and then about 92 or 3% of your total envelope is actually made from uh, hempcrete. Very good. And uh, where is this product manufactured? Is it something that uh, is... Is it going to be in local in Ireland or is it brought in or how is it? No, there is very little hemp manufacturing in Ireland and there wouldn't be the type of uh, growth uh, to support an industry at the moment. So these blocks are coming from Belgium, just outside Brussels. And there's a lot of companies in Europe working together, for example, to grow the hemp, to produce the lime and then uh, for ISO hemp to produce the block. But at the moment, uh, they're producing 5 million blocks a year. So it's a significant increase from their beginnings. And it seems to be growing quite fast. And um, interesting. So what, you know, the, the, a, a typical house project um, on, on the substructure, um, do you just work off traditional substructure? Or presumably if you're... Um, with those beams um, with car which, which are carrying the load, do they just need to be um, embedded themselves and the rest can just be floated or, or how is that done? Generally, we will, <clears throat> we will take the plans from a customer and we will work with ISOHEMP to modify the plans so we can create a structural frame that has the integrity that the customer needs. And in the foundations, one interesting thing about hempcrete is it only it's about 70% lighter than a concrete blockhouse or similar. So with this lightweight material, um, you can reduce your concrete in the foundations by opting, for example, for pad foundations at each of the structural points. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so... Uh, we pretty much come, the customer comes to us with their plans. We take them, we get them modified. We present them back to the, to the customer. Then the, because it's a concrete and steel frame, even though it only makes up 7% of the actual envelope, then it's, it's very compatible in Ireland. We're kind of a concrete 
society. We're very used to that. So an engineer is very capable to take our proposal and um, sign off on, on what is actually a concrete structure. It just has uh, hempcrete as an insulation infill. Okay. And um, what about the likes of speed of build and that sort of thing? Um, how long does it take? And are you, know, are you as affected by weather as, as, as uh, traditional block layers are and, and the rest? Well, I think uh, we're affected in the we- by weather in the same way. Like a general rule of thumb is anything below five degrees is, is not really where you want to be and, uh, out in the elements. But anything above five degrees and rising, we can do our work. Uh, the product is very resilient. It's actually stored outside. So it, it doesn't have to be stored in a dry, in, like in a, you know, a warehouse away from the weather. It's well able to be stored outside. Um, for build times, you'd be looking at something in or around, depending on the house. I know the average house uh, is about 2,400 square feet for the, for the Mike Action Group we're saying. So you'd be looking at something in around three to five weeks because you have to remember it's only one block. The block is laid and then you're immediately ready to move on. And because the blocks are pre-dried, you don't really have, in the past, what they did was they would mix the material on site and they would cast it in a shutter, very similar to concrete. Mm -hmm. But this came with about a four-month dry time. So... Now that we have pre-dried blocks, it's very simple, very straightforward, and everything comes laid out. So there is no, uh, each block is pre-designed and goes exactly where it should go. So it's very, very simple, click together idea. And do you use, um, is there like a lime mortar? Is that what's used or what's what's used? Yes, uh... we use a lime mortar on the horizontal but we've recently updated our system. So now we've got a mortise and tenon joint. So the blocks essentially click together on the vertical and they are glued with a three mil layer of lime based adhesive. And this creates an airtight seal along the joints of the blocks. Very good. Yeah, so airtightness, um, how do people, um, is that that how airtightness is achieved? Any additional airtightness barriers needed? Anywhere? Well, the true performance in a hemp in a hempcrete blockhouse comes when the plaster is applied. Now, one of the significant advantages is once you have the hempcrete block, there's no drywall, there's no additional um, products to put on the wall outside of a 20 mil coat of plaster on the exterior and a 10 mil coat of plaster on the interior. And this is essentially your most basic finish. Now, it does lend itself very well to brick slips, stone cladding, especially wood cladding, because hempcrete holds a certain amount of moisture, humidity, and also healthy timber holds a certain amount of moisture and humidity, and it's very similar. So both, both of these products work very well together. But when you apply your plaster, you create air tightness, but you don't create air tightness in the traditional sense where it's airtight, it's airtight, vapor permeable. So that gas that's created from cooking, showers, uh, you know, a general living, uh, it's absorbed and released from the structure, but no air actually 
is allowed to pass through. It's only a gas. It's mm-hmm. essentially what you would pay a lot of money for, for an expensive membrane in a jacket or, you know, your top hiking gear. Yes. So effectively, people who are looking up into the corners of their bathrooms where there's sort of black mold growing, and that's because, uh, you know, the, all the moisture's hit a cold spot. Um, effectively, the, uh, the moisture can, can transfer out. Um, now, mm, presumably, yeah. though, that, that houses built in hemp will still want to have some sort of ventilation system? Minimal, but uh, you touched on a very, very interesting point there that I'd love to say. A hempcrete house regulates the interior humidity to between 40 and 60%. Now, this is how it regulates the temperature inside your house as well. So when you think about black mold, and I really believe that mold is a very big issue in Ireland, especially we've got about 85 to 90% humidity outside. We're trying to deal with moisture most of the year. So now what you've got with a hempcrete blockhouse, you've got a house that regulates its own humidity. Now, that essentially is a microclimate created by your house. And when you touch on the mold there as well, Brian, uh, hempcrete is mold resistant. Mold can't grow on hemp because of the high alkalinity and the antibacterial nature of your envelope. Also, it's good to understand that that transference of moisture. So if you have much damper weather in the wintertime, and then much drier weather, you're going to have um, a house that regulates that with no mechanical assistance. And when you've got that humidity at approximately 50%, it's actually the healthiest for um, occupants. It's the best for, for their own health, and it reduces the chances of, as we said, mold, fungus, bacteria, viruses. Many, uh, many things stem from that one that one ability of the, of the, of the block. <clears throat> Definitely. Um, you know, I know there's been a lot of attention uh, recently about the chemicals in the home and, you know, the, the cleaners and the air fresheners and that are all introduced, but actually the fabric of the building, um, you know, it's, it's full of chemicals too. And, um, you know, some of them are um, potentially could, could be releasing over, over time. Um, and that, I think, is, is one of the key advantages of hemp, isn't it? That it's, it is uh, so good for, you know, it's allergies and, and, and that side of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very common to be used for people with respiratory issues. Also, um, interesting, no off-gassing whatsoever, because it's only made with two ingredients, hemp and hydraulic lime. So there's no off-gassing, but one of the interesting things is when the block is plastered on both sides, you get an A2 rating and it's well over two hours in that, but also there's no toxic chemicals in the burn off and the material itself is non-combustible. So I would be very confident to put a blowtorch on a, on a hempcrete wall and I wouldn't be worried about anything about it. It doesn't ignite. That's interesting. And what about um, if we're if we're thinking about uh, particularly the mycopyrite affected regions, or you know Donegal, Sligo, Mayo, um, Atlantic coastal regions, um, things like salt and and that side of things, corrosive things. <laughs> any um, anything yeah. on that, that needs to be. Well, mentioned? I draw on my experience uh, in lime plaster. So um, 
essentially um, there is uh, lines and plasters that can be used. It's called NHL5. There's actually a picture of a lighthouse on the front of one of the bags because it's used in on seafronts and to deal with that type of corrosive uh, weather. Um, the block itself will never be exposed to, to that. Very good. And I, I, the question that people always ask, um, and I'm sure that it's a question that you get, is, is, is how much does a hempcrete house cost to build? Um, and I guess in this, in this area, we're kind of comparing, um, you know, uh, with the traditional builds and all the different other modern building systems that we've covered in the series so far. And, and how do you answer that? What, uh, what sort of advice I do you give on that point? I uh, suppose it would be fair to say that it's more expensive. Um, especially if you compare it to a synthetic material. Um, when you've got a material that's working on so many fronts for you, then there is going to be an additional cost. So at the moment, I really did the maths on this because I knew it was going to be a relevant question. And I, we came in at a between 60 and 80% more expensive. So if you are, you know, if, you, if you're spending... 50,000 on your envelope, you're spending 75, 80 with us. You know, it's just the reality of it because, um, well, first of all, it's a, it's, a new prod, it's a new product, but it's also, um, you know, there's a lot of costs within that. So I, I, I'm totally biased. I actually think it's a bargain, but I would <laughs> say that. <laughs> Um, yeah. And now I'm on record saying that, <laughs> but also I do understand the costs that have to be taken into account when people are building a house, which actually leads me into saying that hempcrete, we make smaller blocks and thinner blocks. So in actual fact, you can get part of the effect of a complete hemp build from a retrofit because the block only needs to be breathing out into the room on one side. So often we would retrofit stone houses, brick houses, and um, concrete block houses. And the benefits of that is that you add a warm surface to your interior, you get humidity regulation, you get your fire protection, and you get all the benefits of hempcrete, but you kind of get like a, a miniature version of it because the rule with hempcrete is that the more you have, the bigger the effect. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, everyone's... Uh situation is is different and and i think that um why you would choose hemp is that you would be choosing it for all the reasons that you've discussed and knowing that you're getting a substantially um good product um so in terms of yes you pay for you you're sort of paying uh, for that uh, quality and all those different qualities that 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 you mentioned and that is very important you know people have families or as you say people with, with um respiratory illnesses or or that side of things um that in a sense it's it's not expensive if it if it if it's able to provide all these other benefits and with a lifespan of uh, well over well over 100 years lifespan at the moment that we know of and then as well there's also i suppose you can't factor a feel-good factor into your cost your house but there is the idea that like this product is carbon negative it has no chemicals in it it's fully uh, biodegradable at the end of its life and the performance 
probably couldn't be matched with mechanical intervention because it's a 24 hour envelope that never stops working for you. And it can handle 20 to 25 degree fluctuations externally. Yeah. With, with very little change internally. Um, one thing I would really notice about a, a hemp house walking into it, because it has a warm surface and because it's doing all these things, even though the house would be empty or maybe it's not being lived in yet, as soon as the blocks go up, you can feel the effect of them working. They're starting to work straight away. And then when the plaster goes on and seals in that air, it creates air tightness, but it also locks in the air to create the insulation. So you've got, you've got something unique and different, but yeah, you, it, uh, the cost does change when you step off the beaten track. Just one, one other thing is that when you do choose a hemp block, you choose a natural plaster and you also choose natural paints. So you step onto a, a road that it's, you know, you, you have to, if you're in, you're all in. Yeah. And uh, tell me at the minute, you're, are you building um, a hemp um, block house in Donegal at the minute? Or at the starting? moment, actually, <clears throat> what we're doing in Donegal is um, we have a, a self-builder who built an amazing house. I can't think of the name of the area, but um, he built it out of a concrete block on its flat. So we will now bring our hemp blocks and use it as an external insulation. And then on the interior, we will use a thermal hemp plaster on the interior. So we often, and this is one of the things about hempcrete is that we're not looking to it, it incorporates the existing technology. And to be honest with you, concrete is excellent in its place, in my view, a timber frame in its place, um, steel frame. Hempcrete's very inclusive of, because it's non-structural, it has to depend on the technology that already exists in those areas. So I, I actually really like that, you know, because it doesn't, um, it doesn't demonize any any other uh, systems. It's actually needs that. And sometimes that can be the reliability of a trusted system can be what the customer needs to bring hempcrete into play. Right. No, I understand. But that's been fascinating, Ronan. And um, we'll, uh, we've, we've now sort of reached the end of our, our time. So thank you for providing yeah. that, that, that information. Join us next time for more tips and advice from experts and self-builders alike. And if you haven't already, subscribe to Self-Built Plus. It'll give you full access to the selfbuilt.ie website, including the Self-Built Plus journey, which is your step-by-step guide to self-building and home improving. Your membership also gives you first access to all videos and podcasts, as well as access to our members-only Facebook group, which features regular Facebook Live events.